Large ethical questions emerge from this as to how we guarantee the kind of public civility and respect that would express this kind of pluralist conviction and allow diversity to flourish, but without creating ghettos. Some of these essays touch on these matters as they arise in connection with laws about blasphemy and the various meanings of multiculturalism. If there is to be honest interaction between communities in a complex society, we should not take the pluralist ideal to require a complete absence of challenge between communities, or even challenge from the state in some areas. Pluralism is more than nervous or evasive good manners. Argument is essential to a functioning democratic state, and religion should be involved in this, not constantly demanding the right not to be offended. But this equally needs a strong common culture of ordinary courtesy and respect, and a sharp awareness of how criticism of certain religious beliefs or practices may come across as simply an expression of the prejudices of the powerful. Words and images that seem harmless, however disagreeable, to an established community, may feel much more sinister to a minority. It also needs a strong theological grounding. Religions believe that they exist because of something other than human power and initiative, and this ought to mean that they are less anxious about their survival or success, less prone to turn to violence or coercion to secure their position. We all know that this is not how it looks a lot of the time, but the sense of religious dependence on something quite other than coercive power is, in fact, a theme in all the major faiths, and needs to be spelled out again and again especially given the way in which religions repeatedly face, and give way to, temptations to collude with violence and imperial ambitions. The sense that human beings are limited and dependent is not, for religious believers, something humiliating or disempowering, it is simply an acknowledgement of the way things are, which, like any apprehension of the truth, is liberating, because it delivers us from aspiring to mythic goals of absolute human control over human destiny. This bears very obviously on our environmental challenges. A good many advocates and activists in this area have urged people of faith to articulate more clearly the religious imperatives around responsibility for the environment, and whatever the precise scientific predictions around climate change, there should be no debate as to the rightness of a sober and realistic scaling down of our consumption and pollution. As I have argued here, in the wake of many theologians, the persistent recognition in Christian thought of a sacramental quality in the material world, as taken up by Christ and used ritually by His Church, brings some crystal-clear imperatives in this field.